Homage to the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. This is the youth edition of the recent talk given on anger. And in this talk we look at anger or explore anger through our real life situation of the lockdown. So this is a shortened version of the most recent talk on anger. And after listening to this particular talk, if you're interested in the more detailed explanation, you can uh, access that talk as well. And what we're trying to do is really to look at a real life example in order to explore how anger arises and then to look at the Buddha's teachings on how we can really examine that and almost like pull apart our reasoning for anger, our grounds for anger. During lockdown or any kind of restriction period, we need to look at what happens when we get angry. And one of the main things that we do is look for someone to blame. This is usually the root of uh, where our anger arises. And it comes in the form of usually a person or a situation that, that is actually occurring during the lockdown period. So people that we blame are usually the people that we live with, so it's friends or family, and it could also then go on from there. It could be our teachers, our coaches, people in the education system, people that we see on TV, people that we think are causing us you know, harm. So it could be the police, the armed forces, the government, the politicians, even the food delivery person. So it just kind of arises and we point the finger at somebody. And so this is literally like playing the blame game. And at this point, usually we can't see that this is what we're doing, that we're playing such a game. And when that happens, we want to feel justified for our anger. And what this means is really feeling right about getting angry, that it's, it's fine to get angry and to, to feel justified for the anger that we have. And in doing so, one of the things that we do is to look for some support. So if we get angry at home, we normally want to find someone in the family who agrees with us. You're on my side, you, you understand the anger, you understand that I'm justified in the anger. And so this is seeking support and maybe reinforcements. And sometimes when you're in a direct dispute, you're looking for someone to come on board and agree with you and fight with you. And when you look at anger in this way, you see this is how fights uh, become more real. They can become you know, verbal and physical. And uh, in, a, in a grander scheme of things, this is how war happens, that you, you, you put together an army, a navy, uh, air force and, and seek reinforcements and, and go to war. So on a smaller scale, this is what happens when we get angry. And what we do that we can and usually can't see is that we sometimes thrive on this negative or very unwholesome energy. And it makes us feel like something's happening, something is activating in us. But the main thing that we don't see is that it's very negative and very unwholesome. When you look at the Buddha's teaching, Buddha doesn't look at anger in a, in a positive light. Anger is seen as a mental defilement. And when it activates into verbal and physical conduct, then it can be harsh speech, uh, harsh words, and then it can go into physical alter altercations like violence, aggression, and all kinds of rage. 
So when you see the different uh, layers of anger, how it can escalate, you know, this is something that the Buddha doesn't uh, condone and doesn't encourage us to get into. And so when you look at what happens when we get angry, this is the usual uh, way that it, that it happens and unfolds. So what does the Buddha actually say about anger? Well, there's a couple of suttas and there are many, many more, but the two that I hear are the Saleka Sutta. And in this sutta, the Buddha, you know, asks us to look within ourselves. And so when the Buddha says these words, the Buddha says, others will be angry, but we shall not be angry here. And then in terms of resentment, which is another way of saying anger, when others are resentful, we shall not be resentful here. And then there's the Portalia Sutta, and the Buddha says, with the support of no anger and irritation, anger and irritation are to be abandoned. So what the Buddha means by this is that you don't overcome anger with more anger. It's as simple as that. Instead, the Buddha is actually saying, when you're free of anger or resentment or irritation or any of these things that are very similar to anger, you actually then can overcome anger. So when you're free of it, that's how you overcome anger. So it's literally like saying you don't fight anger with anger. So that's the key thing that the Buddha says. In the Agathavatu Sutta, the Buddha gives 10 grounds for anger. And the, in summary, what the Buddha says is the first three are around ourselves, that someone has harmed me in the past, someone is harming me now, and someone will harm me in the future. Then the next three are around people that we care about, that someone has harmed them in the past, someone is harming them now, and someone will harm them in the future. And then the next three are around people that we don't like, maybe enemies. And Buddha says, uh, someone has helped our enemies or people that we don't like in the past, someone is helping them now, in the present and someone will help them in the future and then the tenth reason is that we get angry for no reason so this is what the Buddha gives as the grounds for anger the simplest way to understand the Yogatavatu Sutta or the Buddhist teaching about these ten grounds of anger is to really start grouping them together and to see what we come up with and as we heard from those 10 reasons, nine of them are associated with something to do with a particular group. So the first three were about oneself. The second was around uh, people that we care about. And then the third was around people that we don't like or that maybe are our enemies, if we have enemies. And then when you look at these subsets, you realize that we think in terms of the past, we think in terms of the present, and then we make presumptions about the future. And then the very last one, the tenth reason, is you get angry for no reason. So the reason why these tenses are important, past, present, future, is because normally what holds our anger together are these different things that we think about. So often we lean on what's happened in the past and we justify why we can feel angry right now. Not realizing that there are holes in when we think of things like that. And out of the past and the present, we make a huge presumption about what's gonna happen in the future and may, maybe manifest it to happen. So there's this sense of permanency that the Buddha talks about. In Pali, it's called Nietzsche. 
So we think that whatever's happened in the past, we assign some kind of permanency. And so when it, something happens in the, in, in the present, we go, ah, oh, yeah, it, it's, it's always true. And then this person is always that way. And we feel, oh, okay. And then when it goes into the future, we're actually almost assuming it's going to happen because we've given this permanency to what's happened in the past, what we see is happening now, and then what will happen in the future. And when we do that, there's some kind of lie that we're telling ourselves because it's not always true. When we actually examine the question of, you know, because this has happened in the past, what is happening now, that, you know, this is always what's happening. There are flaws when we actually look at the detail of it. So if we take an example of, you know, maybe a parent, your mother or your father right now, and they're, you know, um, having a dispute with you. And whatever that dispute is, you know, it could be very minor or it could be something very, you know, more substantial about our studies or about what's happening at home. And so when they get angry, you think, oh, this, this parent is harming me. But then you look at the past and you bring up all the reasons. Oh, they told me off last time before for the same thing. They told me off when I was younger. They always, you know, seem to be picking on me. And when that happens, you start to maybe label them. Think, oh, you know, this, this parent is always angry, always picking on me. They have favorites. They like me better. They like my brother or sister better than me. And so you anticipate that in the future, they're going to be picking on you again. Now, how you pick holes in that kind of thinking is, are they always really angry with you? And, you know, you, you recall, uh, you know, episodes or times where they're not, that they, they look after you, they feed you, they give you pocket money, they take, they've taken you to places, you know, where you need to, to go to see your friends or for tuition or some kind of training. And have they not paid for holidays and toys and other things that you've asked for? And so that's how you pick holes in, in, you know, where we think that anger is permanent, that someone is harming you is permanent, that actually it's not always true. And so you go through the different grounds for anger and you, you pull it apart. The one around, you know, getting angry for no reason. This is almost like the example of when you're in lockdown and it's a very frustrating kind of situation, very frustrating time period. Can be stressful depending on what's happened. And you get to the point where anything can make you angry. You're on a hair trigger. So it's got to the point where you're so frustrated, you're so tense and stressed about many, many things that it only takes one small thing, someone looking at you in the what you consider the wrong way, someone saying something very benign, something not very uh, aggressive or not very anything, but you just get angry. And there's no real reason. It's just you've got to the point where anything can trigger you. So during this time period, during lockdown and restriction, it's good to look at these grounds, look at the grounds for even where there's you know, things that are not your concern, that you don't have all the information. Maybe your parents are having disagreements and you look at them and, and you look at one over another. You might prefer one over the other and you can, you, you kind of pick sides and 
see maybe one person is in the right and one person is the wrong, but you don't have all the facts. That's one of the things that you need to remember. Maybe you've seen them fighting before. And so when they're fighting now during lockdown or, or restrictions, you've picked a side, but you don't fully understand their situation. And so it's very important not to string together what you've seen in the past. Give it more weight to what's happening right now. As you know, during this time period, it's very difficult for all of us. In terms of adults, people are losing jobs. People are having to take less pay. People are very tense about financial situations. When it comes to parents, they don't often tell us everything, sometimes for good reason and sometimes because they're just very worried and very fearful and very anxious, very stressed. So what we can do is not to assign blame during this period where we don't have all the facts and not to hold it against people to find a way of getting through it. And maybe where there are people that we don't like in our families or externally, it's also to look at how difficult it is for them that if we look at assigning permanency to our views and opinions, all we're going to do is make more trouble. And we certainly don't want to get to the point where we get to the 10th reason of you get angry for no reason. So spending some time looking at the way the Buddha asks us to investigate, to try and look at what are these grounds for anger and is it really true, especially the way we assign permanency, because there's a cruelty behind it, where we say this person is always that way, this person has these faults and we start name calling, they're stupid, they're an idiot, they've always been so lazy, they've always been harsh and these are the ways we can be quite cruel and assign permanency to the situation. And nothing good comes from it, so it's good to investigate. So a really good way of pulling what we've talked about together is also through the Vatupama Sutta. So if you remember, this is the simile of the cloth. And there are a number of links that actually explain how we can get things quite wrong. So we start with anger. And then it leads to hostility. So this is like an escalation where we start grudging based on anger and name calling, labeling, and even to the point that it escalates to divisiveness. So here we could start bullying. We could start just almost like getting people to come onto our side because remember we try and justify our anger. And so divisiveness is really a manifestation of saying, hey, you know, uh, telling someone about it and trying to get them to agree with you and then, you know, having an opposition. And then that leads to stinginess. And this is really around stingy around our views, stingy around um, who's on our side, stingy around um, who's not on our side. And then when it comes to that, it escalates to deception. So this is where we start lying about things because we hold such a grudge we really believe it to be true. And so we start to make things up in our mind. So if we use an example, so during this time in lockdown, there might be a disagreement over something, disagreement about something to do with lockdown. And so maybe you're having a discussion in the family and one of you, um, you know, says something and you don't agree and so you get angry. And so when that happens, you start thinking, oh, you know, this person is an idiot or this person is, is stupid, they don't understand, they don't, you know, they haven't got all the information, and so there's hostility. 
When that arises, you might go to another family member and say, hey, you know, this person in the family is an idiot because they don't agree with me and I think they're wrong. And, and so you're looking for reinforcements. And in that way, you're dividing one family member from another family member when you try and bring them onto your side. When that happens, already you can see the stinginess because you're after name calling and, and you know, having these arguments and, and dividing the family out of stinginess, you have, you're very stingy around the view. And so there's mental rigidity here, there's stubbornness. I'm right, you're wrong. And therefore, you like the people that are on your side and you dislike the people that are not on your side. And then when it comes to deception, then you almost like paint with a brush that says, oh, the person who you don't agree with, they're always wrong. They're always silly. They're always stupid. And... You start to make really broad statements that can be very, very hurtful. And this is where the deception or the fraud or the, the lies come in. Because when we're angry, we can be very cruel and hurtful. And we forget that we're all human beings. We're all human beings with flaws. And we don't often get things right. And oftentimes we can't see the flaws in ourselves. That we also, out of anger, can get things very, very wrong. And so this is one way that Fatupama Sutta shows us how it escalates and how it goes through different mental defilements. When you see this and then you decide, I don't want to do that anymore. This is this. And you really see that it is really destructive and very hurtful and full of flaws in, in the thinking. Then that's how you start to uproot. You start to say, I want to give this up. And then at the root of it, you're able to give up anger because you think, actually, I don't need to do this. And really during lockdown, one of the key things that I think most of us realize is when you see this, there's more joy in being able to abandon mental stains and defilements because you can cultivate far more harmony in the family, knowing that this is such a stressful and challenging time. You can have more compassion and kindness as opposed to fueling anger, which which really ultimately leads to a lot of harm, a lot of hurt. And when you think about, do you like being around angry people? The answer is often no. Like if you were asked to be around an angry person, your answer would be, I don't want to be around that person. And so when you turn that around and you think, okay, if you're angry, do you think people in your family would want to be around you? Would your friends want to be around you? The answer is definitely not. And so this is a way of being able to investigate and contemplate using the Buddha's tools and to really um, be joyful when one can actually see this as something that you can use to abandon anger, abandon the escalation of anger, you know, not make it worse. And so just to round that all off, at the end of it, coming back to what we said at the beginning, when you realize these things through the Buddha's teachings, if you can actually meditate on them, think about them, contemplate them in a wholesome way, then you realize you don't want to play that blame game anymore because it doesn't get you anywhere. It's very unwholesome. You can also reflect on what the Buddha says as the outcome, that it, it breeds a lot of akusala kamma. And you end up feeling quite silly around it. You know, to begin with, you think, oh, why did I fall for that? Why do I believe these things? Why do I make it difficult for myself and others? 
And then when as as you investigate more, you realize actually it's quite shameful to behave like that, to cultivate, you know, thoughts like that. And then you dread also the wrongdoing that Buddha says, if you have crooked sila, because a lot of these things start in the mind, but they become verbal, then physical action. And you don't want to get to the point where it becomes physically aggressive or physically um, shouting at each other and things like that. You end up dreading what the Buddha says about, you know, crooked conduct, crooked kamma, crooked rebirth. You know, these are, you don't want to end up in, in a lower realm as a result of bad sila. So that's another way of looking at it. And then as a result of that, you see actually it's a, it's a bad quality to try and pull people into your angry thoughts, into your angry def defensive mechanisms. And you don't want to be that type of person because you'd rather be the person that brings more joy and compassion and sympathy and happiness to people. And instead, what you want to do is you want to thrive on joy, peace and calm. Wholesome energy is what the Buddha recommends. And so if you look at this correctly, that's where you end up. And so this is a shortened way of looking at it. And it's a very wholesome thing to do during this time, particularly looking at where we, we go wrong during the lockdown and to really lift our minds during this time. And in that way, if there is one person in the family who is practicing to lift their minds, to not get into anger and negative mind states, then it has this ripple effect on the rest of the family. So sometimes when you're young, you don't think you have the ability to help others. But if you do this practice to look at oneself, then that is what you offer the rest of the family. And it's very, very wholesome. So I'll leave the teaching here so we can share the merit with all sentient beings. May all beings be happy and well. May all beings be free from suffering. Blessings of the Triple Gem. Wishing you to be free from anger and resentment. Teruan Saranai.